Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss next. Big jab there from Duffy and Brett Mears. Hard now. Down goes Duffy. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, what a time to be a mixed martial arts fanatic. And you're not having to wait for Ray Longo today. Good to have you with us. Episode 348 of the Anik and Florian podcast. It is Sunday, May 8th, 2022. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And as James Vick put it so eloquently on Instagram, he said, Happy Mother's Day, or what does he say? He said, to all the uh, the fathers out there that don't hunt, fish, and shoot, happy Mother's Day to you guys as well. <laughs> but, uh, but What's a, up, Raymond? But a special happy Mother's Day to your lovely and beautiful wife, Chrissy, and of who, course, has yes, endure, who has yeah. to endure all of this bullshit week <laughs> after week. So. That's right. No, yeah, she wasn't actually too thrilled with me. I literally walked in the door. 17 minutes ago so if i'm a little frazzled wow. today that's my you just you just got in now 
Yeah, I, I couldn't get a red eye out of Phoenix, you know. Wow. Um, that night was interminable, as great as it was, and there was no red eye out of Phoenix. So, um, yeah, and I landed Miami and just took a while for the bag. So uh, just got home and cracking a mic, so I apologize for keeping you boys waiting. Ken Flo, nice to see you. You were in Dallas for the PFL, is that right? I was, sir. Yes. Right. So not, not as long of a flight, and I uh, got back yesterday. So I'm, Ken I'm, Flo's I'm okay. always doing... deflecting, telling me, like, hey, I don't have it as bad as you. Such a good idea. You know? <laughs> um, all right, so we have a lot to get into. Obviously, we're going to recap UFC 274. On the back end of the show, we'll get into the PFL a little bit. We do have predictions with big gun Brian Petrie as well for uh, the UFC fight night coming up this weekend. But Longo's joining us off the top today because I just couldn't wait. Yeah. I wanted him to be a part of this entire UFC 274 discussion. And let us begin with the main event and one Charles Oliveira, who just continues to distance himself from the pack with this unmitigated assault on the lightweight division, Ken Flo. I mean... We're going to get pretty uh, pretty superlative, I think, today in terms of his lightweight legacy. But what were your thoughts on Charles Oliveira in what was a submission win over Justin Gaethje over the weekend? I'd like to rewind and go back to 2015, if I could. Sure. Uh, four out of his six fights, he loses, right? And all good guys. Max Holloway, Anthony Pettis, Ricardo Lamas, Paul Felder, right? And uh, you kind of think, like, well, he, he starts to kind of get the – you know, I, I guess people are saying that maybe he's a little bit weak, you know, weak hearted that he gives up and blah, blah, blah. He needs work. You know, he was in the he's kind of between weight classes. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen a turnaround of this magnitude. Um, it, it's unbelievable what he's done, first of all, with his career uh, and how he has put to bed that idea that he is weak hearted or maybe, um, you know, is it tough? He's he was knocked down twice in the Gaethje fight. Gets off the canvas. Uh, Gaethje is is so scared, probably rightfully so, of his ground game that he steps out, thinking, right. you know, okay, well, I have him hurt. I'm going to knock him out surely. And then Oliveira just kind of turns into a machine again. This isn't the first time we've seen this. He's been knocked down before. He gets up, and then he just destroys you. He's so technically sound defensively. He makes some mistakes, but. He, he's pushing the fight. He's trying to submit you. He's trying to finish you. He's trying to knock you out. Um, his his excitement level, his technical level, and, and, and the story of how he turned around his career is unbelievable. And then let's put it in the context of who he did it to, Justin Gaethje, an absolute savage, who if he entices you into trade, trading with him, he's going to knock you out. There's very few that, that can do that with him. Oliveira did. Uh, and he made it look easy, knocked him down, hurts him a couple times, almost submits him once or twice, then ultimately gets that beautiful rear naked choke. The kid is a stud and now has rewritten the story from being a guy that maybe isn't a lightweight, too big for featherweight, who now is maybe the greatest lightweight, uh, you know, is, is, is getting yeah. towards that story. Of course, there's Habib, right? But. I don't know. Maybe maybe he gets good enough where Habib decides he wants to come back. That would be amazing. But either way, uh, my goodness, 11-fight win streak. What else can you say about him? Ray Longo. Yeah, I mean, listen, Kenny, outstanding job on that. You know, it's funny. I, I used to know a guy that used to profess he finishes fights. But huh. this this motherfucker, Kenny, I don't know, man. Yeah, Ken has got nothing on Charlie. Yeah, Ollie. Ken, I got to tell you, this guy, really, because he's not <laughs> winning. He's, he's not beast. just winning. He's yeah. finishing fights. Yep. And I was on the bandwagon where I thought he, you know, might have that quit, that, you know, quitting him. But I'd Me love too. to talk to him and see, like, what what exactly happened? 
because this guy is now, I mean, huge fan, just outstanding with whatever he does. And as far as the Khabib thing, here's the only way I could see that playing out. He beats uh, Maklachev, if I'm yeah, pronouncing Mahashev, it. And, yeah. and then Khabib comes back. I mean, I think that would be huge uh, if he could do that. You know what I mean? Before that, yeah. I don't think Khabib will come back and fight him because, you know, Islam's his guy and that's it. But I think if he was to beat him, I think that would make for an intriguing scenario for him to come yeah. back. And I think it would be great. Yeah, um, we've talked about that yeah. before. If you want a track to Khabib Nurmagomedov, go beat Islam Makashev, you know? Yeah, yeah maybe, I mean, that's maybe, it. I think that's it, the only way. And maybe Islam's the only guy who can do it. And that's a big maybe at this point. Yeah. I mean, Oliver yeah. is looking like an absolute killer. And again, Poirier knocked him down. Chandler knocked him down. Gaethje knocked him down. Like, uh, the, the fact that he gets right back up and destroys the guy right after that is just, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Hey, so, go ahead, Ray. No, I was going to say, I'm going to co- go off... Uh, just before I forget, too, I'm just going to bring something weird up. I, I think a lot of people owe that Stephen K. Smith an apology. I really do. When he said that that guy didn't show up, Cerrone didn't show up for that fight, the guy got lambasted. Not not because they didn't think that. It's just right. he's not an MMA guy. How dare you come into this field right. at this time? And look, a lot of times when I look at fights, I'll grab somebody who hasn't done anything. I just what do you see? I'd love to hear it. I was not against that. I mean, it doesn't take. You're in sports doing announcing for years. I don't care if it's football, baseball, basketball. You could tell when a guy's sending it in or yeah. mailing it in, whatever yeah. the thing is. And now Cerrone comes out and says that all You're the people, the people right. that pissed on that guy, I think he, they, they owe him an apology. I really do. You're don't. absolutely right, and I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because Donald Cerrone, if you don't know, literally corroborated yeah, what 100%. A. Smith in terms of his criticism for him wanting a way out of that fight. And we have talked in the past – as Ken Flo knows about guys, friends of mine, Frank Mir, Chael Sonnen, live to fight another day where you see maybe them sort of give up yeah. in a fight-ending moment. Max Holloway and Charles Oliveira fought in a main event in 2015. That was an injury for Charles, but he was painted with a bad brush or wrap that night. Right. I say this all the time, but when Charles Oliveira filled out his UFC bio in 2010 when he was 20 years old, strengths, heart. He's always thought he had heart, you know? Right. The shoot the box guys, he's been tested in training. There were just times where I guess I saw Kenny more of a guy who was living to fight another day than a guy who was quitting. And a fighter like you doesn't think about living to fight another day. You're just in desperation trying to stay in that particular contest. Right. And I think it's also important <clears throat> for other fighters. I, I believe I've probably mentioned this before in regards to Charles Oliveira specifically, but you look at his blueprint of how he developed. You know, a lot of times you see these guys that are, I'm sure Ray has seen this many, many times, guys that are amazing in the gym and then for whatever reason, uh, they don't quite do it in the fight. Well, there's an experience factor. There's a maturity factor that needs to take place. Just because you can do it in training doesn't mean you could do it when it really counts. That well, takes time to get that understanding, to get that confidence. And he took the right fight. So kudos to his coaching staff and to his management for building him up back in the proper way, not just giving him killers. You know, in my fourth fight, um, you know, I was in, I was on the Ultimate Fighter. After seven fights, I was fighting Sean Shirk for the for the UFC lightweight title. Crazy, like, that's crazy. You know, so like I never had the ability to develop and and you know have those fights where maybe I have a bad night, but I could still kind of push through, right? And, right. and learn from those. Uh, so for Oliveira, who had those little hiccups and then was able to develop and get the right fights, and then you know when he was facing the Tony Ferguson's, 
he was ready. And when he had Chandler, he was ready. When he had, you know, so um, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Why rush for the title? Why rush for these big fights against these guys if you don't need to? You know, I, I think in, in, in a lot of ways, Sean O'Malley, you know, you know, hate him or love him. He's taking the right fights and building his resume, I think, up the right way as well. But. Without a doubt. And the other thing, kudos to Oliveira for keeping the same team during all right. those ups and downs. I'm sure he had a million people in his ear. You got to do this. You got to do that. Get away from these guys. Iron sharpens iron. All the fucking yeah. bullshit. <laughs> but instead of looking deep inside yourself right. and just getting better that way. You know what I mean? So no I 100% would I love to see I forget what the guy's name is. I know he's actually from New York, but was I was glad to see him in the corner. They're all now relishing in his success and I think that's part of it. You could see he loves his team. But there's just so much going on there, but man, this kid is out of control at this point. Dominic Cruz pointed to some stylistic differences on Instagram and Charles early on in his career, sort of fighting on the outside versus the forward pressure that we see right now. The danger factor with Charles Oliveira is like nothing I've ever seen in mixed martial arts, this version right now. Uh, you, I mean, you, you certainly, if you're going to knock him out, you got to separate him from consciousness. And I sort of felt like and said in the lead up to this fight, you know, Chandler was a striker two away from winning that vacant title over Charles Oliveira. And I felt like if Gaethje hurt him, Maybe he would be able to put him away. He was unable to do so, and uh, I don't know, man. This Charles Oliveira, I've never seen anything like it. And given everything that this fight week Ray held for him and everything right. that he Without had to doubt. deal with, perhaps some of that brought on by himself. You know, I right. really don't want to drag the whole show down yeah, with yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. today, but he had to deal with some real stuff. And yeah. um, to to just stay his his mentality and his mental state in the fight the whole time. Look, and just to that, man, they could give that belt to whoever the fuck they want. That motherfucker's the champ, period. Right, right. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? And the point five, yeah, you got to make weight. I'm all with that. Uh, I don't, like, again, I don't want to beat whatever, yeah. you know, if the scale was off. Or, I'm sure there's a way of doing that. Like, again, I think Cody put out a great tweet where they have to let everybody see that scale. You know right. I mean, mean, Mike Dolce used to Hawkeye that scale when. His yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, I man, I tell you, that was just a dominant performance, man. Yeah. You know, Dana White has said that they're going to have to have security 24 seven. Yeah. On scale. Uh, but, you know, as I was telling Ken Flo privately, uh, you know, Ovin St. Pru is 206 pounds or so. He thinks he goes downstairs at 5 a.m. and he's 207.5. Had to walk yeah. through hell cutting that extra pound and a half, and then he gets on the scale uh, naked, right, and, and was right. 205. But and it is what that, it is. Yeah, that's a mind fuck at that stage of weight cutting, too. That's a real fucking mind fuck when you think you're on weight and then you got to go back in and sweat out another pound or a half a pound. That's not right. So there are myriad options for Charles Oliveira, and we'll talk a little bit about Justin Gaethje in defeat here. But for Charles Oliveira, I'll start with you, Kenny. There are rumblings, maybe Abu Dhabi in October. I mean, Islam Akashev and a meritocracy for me would be the guy. Some people would point to his strength of schedule or lack thereof. Last win came against Bobby Green, who has never been a top five guy, and that would be a reason why they would not want to give him that opportunity. He was to face Benil Daryush. That fight didn't materialize because of a pretty significant injury to Benil, who is still on the mend. Conor McGregor, I would think, would factor perhaps in this mix. Michael Chandler, whom we will get to. Dustin Poirier, perhaps on the outside lane. What would you do promotionally, Ken Flo, with Charles Oliveira right now? Uh, promotionally, I think Mahashev uh, would, would be the fight. Um, you know, I think, uh, ironically, even though 
Oliveira's getting stripped here, he might have a say in, in the process now too, right? I mean, he's getting a lot more bargaining power uh, with these performances, and I'm, I'm sure the UFC is loving what they're seeing in him. Um, I don't know. Maybe he just goes right to Conor McGregor, uh, you know, and just gets the big money fight. Does Conor deserve it? Probably not. Right. But right. Uh, I'd say definitely not. But, um, you know, that's that's the money fight, right? Uh, at this point, Oliveira's defending champ. He's He wants the big bucks at this you point. You know what's interesting, but though, Flo? I think Mahashev's probably the fight. If it's a vacant UFC lightweight championship fight between Charles Oliveira and Conor McGregor. Does he not get the same points? I don't know that, that he gets pay-per-view points. Yeah, but you know. the defending champion. I know right. it'll be the biggest That's payday all the negotiable. Career. That's right. all negotiable. No, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. But again, yeah. as the defending champion with right. two straight defenses, that was, you're looking at, I don't know, eight, ten million bucks when all is said and done, right? Yeah. I mean, Ray, what do you think they do with uh, with Charlie Olives, if I can even call him that at this point? Yeah, I, I agree with Kenny. I think the fight to make is with Islam. That's that's the only way to go. Uh, you can you could have Dustin, Gaethje, and Chandler have great fights, you know, between them. Those guys are always going to be. I wouldn't mind seeing Chandler Gaethje again in a fight round. Yeah, I mean, I got such a kick when he's doing this with his hands. The guy, I think yeah. he was outrageous. So. That's always going to be a, a crowd favorite. I don't think you can go. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those fights. But I think Islam. It is. I mean, I, I wouldn't even mind seeing Islam against Chandler, and the yeah, winner you, of that gets a fight. I mean, that wouldn't here, be. Yeah. A, here's what I don't you know. do. Here's what you do. You get Connor Chandler. You get Connor and Chandler, and you get Oliveira uh, and Mahashev on the same on the same card. Uh, you blow it out. If one of them gets injured, yeah. they can always yeah piece yeah them yeah. Together. yeah. And uh, boom. And then you let Benil Daryush, thank you, Kenny, for that. And then you let Benil Daryush get healthy, and maybe you don't match him up, and then he factors prominently in that equation thereafter. Yeah. It's very interesting as to how they will proceed. Conor McGregor was very complimentary of Charles Oliveira on social media, but he also sort of suggested that he didn't necessarily have the appetite, perhaps that's the wrong word, to cut down to lightweight. So if you're thinking September, October, I just don't know that Conor McGregor is going to be an 155 yeah. pound prime. Nah, nah. He looks like he, he looks like he's jacked up right now. Yeah. He's not doing that. All right. Well, we congratulate Charles Oliveira, and uh, again, he just continues to to mute the doubters. You know, he even came into our fighter meeting flow with such an intensity. You know, I mean, I capped his last championship fight. You know, doubt him now, folks. Doubt him now. And I don't know if something got lost in translation and he thought I was like still doubting him, you know, but he came in pretty intense and uh, I'm very happy for him. I really am because uh, that was just a lot to deal with this week. On the other side, Ray, uh, what were your thoughts on Justin Gaethje? I mean, it seemed like Charles landed a huge right hand early on in this fight. And even though Justin had moments and a knockdown thereafter, uh, that was a big factor. What were your thoughts on the Gaethje side, Ray? Guys swinging for the fences like he always does, man. But, you know, it's funny because – you know, obviously, Trev is one of the best trainers ever in this sport, but he's got such polar opposites between Rose with beautiful footwork and the fading and this total fucking berserker who you can't, he's just, everything is at 150%. Those right hands whizzing over the top of all of them. The guy just, it's, it's funny. If he could you know, mix them, mix them together a little bit and give him a little of footwork and Rose a little, you know, but Rose does when she throws. I don't know what happened that night, but when she throws, she throws great too. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, look, it's live by the sword, die by the sword. He tells you that. Uh, what I don't like about the fight, it looks like he made zero improvements in his jiu-jitsu. He's just, every time he's down there in a bad position, 
He looks absolutely lost, and that's on him. That's on him. That's If that's the way he wants to go out, that's fine. But he has made – I mean, Kenny, I think you'll agree with that. There's, he has no clue as to what he's doing down there. I mean, it doesn't look like it. I'm, I'm glad he actually pulled the hand off once. You know what I mean? So that was a – that was a surprise, but that's my that's that's the issue, man. With Ray, it, I think know? that's spot on. Do I think it's spot on? Uh, my understanding, you know, before the Habib fight, um, you know, I I don't think he spends a whole lot of time there and kind of figures, hey, listen, I'm just going to work my wrestling as far as op- time optimization. I'm going to work my wrestling and my striking. That's where I, I get it done. And if I get down, to the, if I get taken down, then I'm probably screwed anyway. Might as well just do what I do. So. I don't think that's the right approach, obviously, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I think he's, you know, probably around blue belt level. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and maybe none of yeah. us are in the room in terms of how much maintenance he's doing on his jujitsu. Right, he did bring in George Santiago, but just for this training camp. And obviously, right. you're not going to make appreciable yeah. strides just in one no. training camp. Uh, but I think you guys are fair to point that out. He's 33 years of age. He has failed in. Two now shots at the undisputed UFC lightweight championship, but you know he's still a fighter that you know does have the fan base by the balls. And oh. I still think Kenny, there are a lot of big fights for him, right? Oh. oh yeah, of course. Of course, why wouldn't they? Who does? I'd love to watch the guy fight. I mean, he is. He's a. He's. I think a berserker. I mean, he's just. He's just gonna look to decapitate you with every punch he throws and he so throws really hard selective about his engagement. I mean, I thought that he was more selective and measured against uh, a Chandler for sure. No. Uh, cause it certainly has been, listen, listen, an he area was focused for him. I mean, there were a couple of times he was missing and almost falling off his feet. That's not a good look, man. You know what I mean? Like there's, you got to be able to punch in balance. And when he punches, he look, he punches great. There's no, I'm not, I'm, there's not a criticism, but Sometimes you wing so hard, you you falling off your feet. I thought he was yeah. out of position a lot of times. That's why he got counted by uh, Oliveira. You know, he would miss with a left hook, not not weave his, not come back on that side. He'd stay there. He get hit with a right hand. There were a million things that listen. Like again, I don't want nobody criticizing me for my guys because you can't force the guys to do sometimes what you want them to do. You know what I mean? Gaethje kind of is telling you. He's going out on this, so he doesn't care. He's never made that a thing like, you know, uh, I'm going to be a technical, smart fighter, you know? So maybe maybe you see glimpses, but at the end of the day, you could draw him into a slugfest, make him miss, and make him pay big time. And I think that's what Charles did. Yeah, it seems to me, um, you know, I I think both of you guys are are, are correct in a way in that I've seen improvements, you know, technical improvements. You could see he's a little bit more uh, patient at times. But then on, on Ray's side, I, I see it, it's almost like he clicks back into old Gaethje oh, and yeah. then just starts swinging. And if you are a high-level professional fighter, listen, one time you, you throw yourself off balance, you rarely see it at the highest levels in boxing. You won't right. see a guy who swings and yeah. throws himself completely off balance where he almost falls on his face. You just don't yeah. – you shouldn't see it. That, it's just right. not a sign of a, of, of a well-trained professional and Gaethje kind of goes back, like he said, like Ray said, into berserker mode, where it's like, man, it, not only is it not only is it not good technique, where now you can get countered really badly, um, but it, it's just it's not a good look. You're opening yourself up, and you're throwing the dice, and, yeah, and I definitely. think that, that's what happened there against yeah, Oliver's too good. You can't you can't yeah, do stuff yeah. like that against you someone know. who's that technical. Yeah, I, I think if he would have just touched him a little bit, taken a little bit off his power, 
And then if he got him in trouble, then I think you could start throwing like that. When you have, you know, there's less of a chance of something coming back, right? Or he's against the cage and he can't move anywhere, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's improvements. But, I, look, at the end of the day, you know you could drag him into a slugfest if that's what you wanted to do. I don't think right. he could stay out of that. Yeah. Well, I know your time is short, so I do want to transition here to Michael Chandler, who turned in what some are calling the most violent, vicious knockout in UFC history. Tony Ferguson competed well in the first round, and I think most of the fan base is very happy to have seen that and to see Tony be competitive. Seemed like Chandler was dealing with some right orbital issue that could have been a problem if the fight had been extended, but uh, man, that was a front kick from hell. I mean, how about that? Some visuals are just crazy out there. Some of the photos, Ray, what were your thoughts on Chandler's... uh, Huge highlight this weekend. I mean, look, when you asked me who was going to win, what did I say last week? I just hope the other guy's all right. And yeah. he's not all right. He's not all right. Yeah. I think neurologically, I don't like the way his legs look even before the fight. Even though he had a great first round, I think he did He did better. But, um, you know, like if you watch him when he's running, I bet if you go back and go to like uh, when he fought like Kevin Lee, I bet it looks totally different. You get that little, there's a little unsteadiness. And look, that knockout. Here's what happens, right? He's been knocked down how many times in all those fights, you know, against guys that shouldn't even be in there with him. And he always managed to come back and win, but the shit adds up. And that knockout, look, man, my heart goes out to the guy. Like, when he was walking out of that octagon, he didn't know where the fuck he was. He was confused, which, you know, obviously he's concussed, so, you know, you you don't know what's going on, and that causes that that little sense you could actually start crying because there's – you, yeah. you just don't know what's going on, but I did not like the way he looked, and I just hope he's all right. You know, of course, you know the cat scan nine out of nine and a half out of ten times is coming back all right. right, what, the, right. what the fuck does that mean? I was that just going to ask that your yeah. fucking brain's not bleeding. Thank God, because I got to tell you, if it's bleeding, you're in trouble anyway. You know, so yeah. I don't know. That was bad. That he was out for a while, man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's got to scare the crap out of you. You know what I mean? And just look at all the previous damage he's taken, even in the Gaethje fight where he didn't go down, but he was just getting beat up. Right. The human body is not, is really just not meant to take that type of punishment. So like, again, I said it last week and I'll say it this week. I just hope he's okay. And somehow Charles Oliveira couldn't finish Tony Ferguson, Ken Flo, but yeah, that was uh, a scary moment for Tony. Obviously a huge moment on the other side for Chandler. What were your thoughts on all that noise? Listen, I, I thought Tony Ferguson was looking like uh, the Tony who we saw in his prime until his chin reminded him that it's taken damage. And and listen, I, even if he was in his prime uh, and not taking so much damage, how many guys can take a, a, an uppercut style kick like that to the jaw? Like, right, right. I, you know what I mean? Chandler is a powerful dude, and um, it, it was a scary knockout. Um, but but Anytime not known, you see someone go face first, man. It's but, not. But good, Kenny, yeah. not known for his kicking, <laughs> right? No, exactly. <laughs> which, which doesn't really mean right. anything because some of those guys they look sloppy, but they're so fucking strong that that shit right. hurts. You know, and that's shit, what it was, right? Yeah, it was like, sometimes it wasn't the prettiest the, one, but he, he it kicks have you in to the, be. He kicks you in the hip instead of the leg, and you fucking <laughs> you're like those guys that are strong. It's just it sucks. But yeah. yeah, he just flung that thing up and ah. Uh, Man. Yeah, you know, the, as far as the positives, it's good to see that Tony Ferguson um, was looking better technically. He was he was moving better. I thought I thought he was using more weapons. He seemed way more focused, even in his interviews. He seemed like he was into it, which was great. So um, that was good to see. And Chandler, you know, as crazy as Gaethje is, 
Chandler is just outright uh, reckless. No, he's he is. reckless. It, he's got a death wish you. when he fights. It's no, just like he, he's out like a street fight. He wants to yeah. kill you. And yeah. if he goes out in a shield, that's fine with him too. But he, yep. he will destroy <laughs> his own body to get there. It's, it's unbelievable. No, no. That fight with Gaethje, I was watching the highlights or thing. I couldn't stop laughing when he was waving them in like three times in a row. I mean, he, I yeah. God, God Face bless falling him, off. His body's got one leg. Come on. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, just, yeah. I thought yeah. that's him. He's the guy at a Monty Python. Me he is. Oh, He's a son savage, of a man. bitch. Yeah, savage. <laughs> And look, if you watch his like Instagram, the way he works out, I could watch that guy work out every day. Just the effort he puts in, and that's why yeah. he's surviving this shit. A yeah, lot of people yeah. don't do that, you know what I mean? But he's got the confidence because of all of that work he's putting. Yes, <laughs> he is entertaining. Yeah. He's. I, I'll tell you what. What a big plus that was for the UFC picking him up. I think well, people right, love I mean, the guy. He's certainly making a lot of money, but he's a promoter's dream. And Without a there's doubt. nothing boring about it, right? So when no. he, and when he gets on a microphone and a lot of this stuff is is pre-scripted, he fucking kills it. I mean, there's yeah, not yeah, a flub yeah. whatsoever. He's better than me on a goddamn microphone, you could be sure. You know, yeah. like it's incredible. It's funny, man. Every time he tries to execute a promo on the mic, you know, even just the way he says, and if Hunter Campbell and Dana White have a momentary lapse in judgment, here is scenario number two for all you fine people. Supremely intelligent. And, uh, you know, I mean, as a pro fighter, Kenny can attest to this because Ken Flo's always sort of been a nice guy. Right. But Ken Flo still had his haters, plenty of them when he was a pro no. fighter. And um, <laughs> I'm just telling you, not that many. But Michael Chandler, you know, love him or hate him, man. Like, I'm just telling you, like, he is good people. This is a no, good without it, without a doubt. Good things happening without to good people, doubt. period. Yeah, I love, so, I love it because I've known him for a while and the guy's just. His energy is infectious, man. He's so positive. Very positive, yeah. Walks the walk, talks the talk. Just a fucking great guy. All right. I know you got to go. I love you. Yeah. I'm sorry I was late no, today. No, no, no. Uh, We're all good. We got, yeah? Yeah, we got a couple of minutes. Do you have more time? Well, let's go. What do we, let's talk about the co-main event. Yeah. All right. I was going to go to the other. Right. Two minutes on I want to. I want to hear this. Yes, please. Oh, I, I, so no, I need no, to no, set no, it no. up for the the viewership and the listenership. Uh, UFC Women's Strawweight Championship. Carla Esparza. By split decision, what do you have, Ray? What no, no, have, it's Ray? not that I have. No, look, I look. It, this is a this is a weird thing. I, you know, like like again, if that was a drill for footwork, I I'm that's an A plus. I mean, the girl really <laughs> moved. She the movement is beautiful. You know, so if you like, even with Aljo, that kind of like the what I had him just keep chasing him, walk him down. He's got to go angle, angle, fake you, offset you, but eventually you do have to engage, right? You know, Kenny, it's like. You're sparring a guy and he's doing tornado kicks 10 feet away from you. Who cares? You yeah. still have to encroach. That's when the problem is, right? right? You could dance around all you want. I think the beauty of this fight is call a response because she offset that just by not doing anything. And it kind of highlighted how, how bad everything was. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, okay, they thought she was going to overcommit, I think, and keep shooting and get out of play. And when that didn't happen... She kept with the same game plan instead of switching up and starting to go after her a little bit, I think. I don't know. We'd have yes. to really talk to Kenny, them, but yes. I think that was it. Go ahead, Kenny. Go. Ray, did I ever tell you that I was undefeated as a professional shadow boxer? <laughs> I, I was uh, 300 and one I had one draw. Uh, but, uh, no, it, it seemed like that's what we were kind of watching. It was like a yeah. simulated dance, yeah. choreographed fighting almost without the actual fighting. And I was waiting huh. for one of them to, to go forward. And you know, when Rose was stopping those takedowns, I thought, okay, all right, now she's getting her confidence. She knows she can't be taken down. Now she's going to come forward 
and, and, and do this thing. And she stopped. And I, I, you know, I think Rose only has herself to blame. And maybe that's a little harsh, but I think that's the truth. I, you know, I got really nervous when Rose was telling herself that she was the best as she was yeah, walking yeah, out. I, I, I just I, had yeah. a weird feeling. I said, um, she's not confident. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, it felt like it was something that someone told her to kind yeah, of get yeah, going and, you know, like, believe I, in yeah. herself. It's like, yeah. you're damn good. Like, you're good. You're, you're fucking great. You're, you've always been super technical. Why don't you believe in it? I right. mean, are you telling me, like, throughout those five rounds, at no point did she think, like, all right, I should just go over since I, she is literally 90% better on the feet than Carla Esparza. Yes. And, yeah. and and she was not getting taken down. She was doing a beautiful job of, you know, hipping right back to her feet and all that stuff. And she was still hesitant. And both women were kind of just trying to stick to that game plan. And, and, and I think Rose is going to feel worse and worse about this, unfortunately. And, and I've been in that same boat, okay? Uh, Gray Maynard is one of those fights that came to mind where I just shit the bed. But um, where, you you know, next couple of weeks, you're just like, why the hell didn't I just go for it? What was I doing? Uh, I was just overthinking, overanalyzing. So I, I think, you know, I don't know. Um, that was unfortunate because Rose is such a fantastic champion yeah. and such a great martial artist. Right. To me, her head got the better of her again. Yeah, and I don't think she shit the bed. I, that I don't think. I think she yeah. thought... And, you know, I think she thought she was doing the right thing. I think that's what that that's the problem where they have to say already had something to blame for that, Ray, because it uh, seemed like they were on board with it. Well, that's the problem. Then they yeah. somebody had to be saying, look, man, I don't know how these fucking rounds are going. Right. You know what I mean? Like nothing's happening. I that it just you can't that seemed like it was never communicated. Right. Yeah. Right. That was there was no yeah. urgency, no urgency at all. It was that. But. They know the fighter. Maybe there's a reason why there wasn't that. That's why I say it's hard to comment on that. But, um, yeah, there had to be a sense of urgency. And let me just tell you another thing. As yeah. far as Peterson stopping him and telling him to fight, I, I texted Kenny during – I mean, texted John during thing like, if the corners can't get him to fight, why could Peterson get him to fight? You know what I mean? Right. Peterson right. would have said that. She would have got back to the corner. He said, look, that means you're doing the right thing because right. Peterson's right. now telling you to fight. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So it's – it's, I just think it's an unfortunate, like, whole, uh, whatever, worlds colliding, whatever that thing is, just just a mess. It just yeah. was a mess, and, you know, you know, you start out with the footwork. Next thing you know, there's 30 seconds left. I mean, time starts flying, and then you're two rounds going into it, and then it just it was crazy. I don't know, but there's, there should have been really a little more urgency in saying, look, I'm just not sure. You're going to have to go for it. You know, like sometimes, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'd go out on your shield. You it know, I mean, I don't me, know. It seemed to me, John, that the corner was kind of dancing around the issue and not outright telling her what to do. And I think it it might have something to do with, hey, you know, don't be negative in the corner. Right, right. Don't yes, tell I Rose she's so. not doing right. well. We got to we gotta keep her positive. Right, we right, got to right. build her up where it's like, at that point, you, you know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. Like, and that's the only problem of like, having a strong relationship in that corner. I'm not saying this is Pat Berry's fault or anything yeah, like no, that no, no. because you look at, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of coaches who have sons that are in there that are fighting right. and, you know, they, they, they either have to say what they need to say or not. But I think it seemed like they were dancing or skirting around the issue yeah. as opposed yeah. to being like, Hey, I don't know who the hell is winning this fight. We got to go and get this. Right. Uh, yeah. You could be down. Like right. she's not I taking think that you had down. A, that had have to be confidence said. in your wrestling. Let's go. Right. Yeah, because it's almost. I think Kenny's right. I the, 
the fact of walking in with the uh, the affirmations like that, yeah. I, that was never my thing. You know, I mean, if you want to yeah. do it, say it internally, you know, believe it. Almost like Oliveira. I'm the fucking champ, period. Yeah. I don't give a shit right. what you do. But I think because she was saying that, highlights something's going on. And it was almost a case of the emperor's wearing clothes, right? The guy's walking around buck naked. Nobody wants to tell him anything. Yeah, you look great, man. I mean, <laughs> hey, nice jacket. Hey, nice yeah. pair of pants. <laughs> guy's balls are hanging in the wind. Hey, hey, hey nice, nice shorts. Tie. Oh, that's not uh, a tie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, there was a hesitancy because, like, I think, like Kenny says, whatever's going on there, you got to keep it positive. Right. So they'll figure it out and uh, yeah. whatever. But look, she knows how to control the distance and the range. I really do think her footwork is beautiful. So I want to end on a positive note, you know, yeah. but uh, hopefully they go back and make the adjustments and, you know, we see it, you know, so that's right. that's it on that. I have not shared a single one of my thoughts to this point on that fight. I just let <laughs> you guys rip. So well, I think you did on the air. Go. I think you did on the air. Yeah, yeah, collectively. Yeah. Well, no, Pat Barry is a really good friend of mine, and I'm about He's, to fucking blast him out on the other side no, of the long minute. No, I'm not. No, but no, like, they're great people. What, they they what are. People they really are. going on yeah. in there? No, and Rose owned it, obviously, on social media. I shared an airport shuttle with Greg Nelson this morning in Phoenix, and they watched the fight back last night. And that came shortly after Rose had taken to the post-fight press conference and said, you know, I don't get credit for defense. I was like, no, you don't. You don't. You absolutely don't get credit for defense, you know, and that's the way it is in, in many professional sports, well, you know. I mean, but the problem, the it, it, problem, problem with defense is somebody has to be throwing punches or kicks at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was nothing happening, yeah. Yeah. you know, so that's the problem. Yeah, no, and, and listen, I, I don't think I really understood the rules that well when I was fighting, like of how you actually score a fight. And I don't think a lot of these fight the fighters are really focused on you know, training and listening to their coaches right, and doing right. their workouts and stuff. I don't know how many fighters are actually looking at the rule book and someone or someone explaining to them what it actually means. Like who's sitting down with judge? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I don't know. It, it, it seemed when she said that, I was like, oh, she doesn't know the rules. Like she. This know is such an rules. elite no, I, team. Yeah, and I, I just yeah. don't understand. You have Trevor Whitman sort of taking second fiddle to Pat Barry. And then finally, before round five, Trevor says, you know, I know you've been trying to be disciplined, but it's time to throw that out and have fun and apply pressure. And I'm not saying you got to go full throttle Ray Longo or General Safe Saud on her at that point in time. But, you know, I just felt like there was so much delusion going on. And, you know, open scoring is not the answer. OK, I think it just is not not fair to the athletes, even though I do think it has some merit. But obviously it would be interesting if Nama Yunus had the benefit of open scoring in this situation and looks up and, you know, she's down four nil on one of the judges scorecards. And when Joe Rogan said on the broadcast, like it's not out of the realm of possibility that Carla's won the first four rounds, I'm sitting there thinking like, yeah, I gave yeah. Nama Yunus the first round literally because of one strike that caused redness on Asparza's forehead. You know, but that's literally yeah. how and, I scored the round. And, John, the other thing is this thing with they discourage 10-10 rounds, that's fucking bullshit. That's a 10-10 round. I mean, you have to be able to distinguish right. what a 10-9 to 10-10 is. Nothing happened. That's a 10-10. Who gives a shit if people like it or they don't like it? But the, how do you how do you give it to one you person? You know why the none person? of them gave it a 10-10, though? Is because, because, because they were told to, not to. Exactly. They're doing yeah. what they're told. You know, uh, that's, and that's that's wrong. 
I that's agree. And I don't want to bring the whole show right, right, down right. in yeah, terms no, no, of the scoring not, yeah. language and how imperfect it is, how our scoring system doesn't fit the sport. There are so many different issues. But at the end of the day, this was a historically bad championship yeah. fight. And I do believe Carla Esparza did enough to win the fight. You know, I do believe that that fourth round was the clearest round of the fight. The craziest thing is I see some people on social media say, Rose with that late takedown in the fifth round. No, like, that's stupid. And, you know, don't even debate it. Like you, know, you can't stupid, debate yeah. that. Yeah. Fight. Right. Uh, yeah. The, um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Ray, we love you. I know you wanted yeah. to congratulate Daniel Cormier, uh, UFC Hall of Fame, before you get out of here. So listen, what, first off, what a great ambassador to sport. I mean, not not that I know him, but I've never had a bad interaction with this guy. I think he's a genuinely nice guy. But just his work, he still. Teaches, you know, he's still got the wrestling program with the kids. Uh, he's a he's a great announcer. Not not that I agree with some of his stuff, but he's entertaining. And you could just see he, how heartfelt he was even in receiving that award. And, you know, when you compare him to like a John Jones, John Jones at the end of the day could never have what DC has. You know, like just the uh, just the work ethic. You know, he's not a cheater. Uh, he just has so many great things to offer this sport. He's done great for everybody involved. He's encouraging and he's funny. And I just think what a well-deserved uh, Hall of Fame announcement that was. I mean, I don't, I can't think of a, a better, more well-deserving person and yeah. just, a, just a great guy. You know, like and again, pretty cool that he and Khabib Nurmagomedov will go in together. I feel like his reaction was so organically great because he kind of internally flow. I know you're smirking. Like, felt like, dude, my guy Habib's getting in before me. He's headlining the class of 2022. I'll probably get in next year. But yeah. then he was obviously floored. Ray Longo yeah. every week on the Anakin Florian podcast. You can find him on social media at Ray Longo MMA. I love you, brother. I'm sorry I was late today. Um, we'll talk to you next Sunday, if not sooner, unless you have a parting shot. That's it. Happy Mother's Day again. And Kenny, happy Mother's Day to your wife, too. It's, uh, Thank you so much. It's a, it's a hard job. Great stuff. It yeah. is. I, I, would it know, is. I played I would, mom I would, today. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah, I, right. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know about it, but I heard it was. Anyway, take it easy, guys. I'm out of <laughs> yeah, here. There he is. I was actually telling Aljamain Sterling in Phoenix that Ray Longo had never changed a diaper because I was talking to Aljo about yeah. eventually having kids. And I'm like, hang on, bro. Like, it's two <laughs> different types of fathers out there. And I guess if you're James Vick, there's three. Happy Mother's Day to all the fathers that don't hunt, fish, and shoot. All right. I want to get back to uh, to Carla Esparza and Rose Namajunas. Can I do that? Is that yes. okay? Yes. I, I mean, hear it, what dude. the fuck, bro? Like, what in what is going on? Like, I'm sitting there calling this fight, and I'm, I'm having flashbacks and nightmares in my head of Gabriel Gonzaga and Constantini Rokin. Go watch that heavyweight fight on Fight Pass. <laughs> Honestly, exactly do yourself a favor. You know, oh. um, the worst heavyweight fight I have ever seen, even worse than uh, Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou. But Kenny, this fight just didn't have a whole lot, and there weren't any adjustments being made by Nama Yunus. And, you know, it wasn't until she watched it back where she got clarity as to how just how inactive she was. And here's just the one thing that I've been waiting to say to you. Just like believe in your skills. You stuff two of 11 takedowns. Let her wrestle. Like you'll probably be able to get back up, maybe catch her in something on the right. feet, create some clinch situations. Like it's just crazy to see a world championship change hands in a fight like that. And I will say in defense of Esparza, you know, sometimes her fights do play out like this, you know, but I don't know, man. Like at the end of those 25 minutes, I felt like the the justified winner was as far as I really did. You know, yeah. not that I had a scorecard that, you know, was any great thing. But I felt like, you know, in that situation, I felt like as far as I kind of deserved a win. 
yeah, it was a tough one, man. Uh, sh- shouts to uh, Laura Gilbert, by the way, who compared it to Damian Maya uh, against Anderson Silva way, way back in the day when they fought for the 185-pound belt. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that, where both guys were so hesitant. Anderson Silva didn't want to move forward because he didn't want to get taken down by Maya. And Maya didn't want to engage on the feed because he didn't want to get outstruck by Anderson Silva. So there was this huge, like, gap between the fighters and it felt like the fight was going on and on and on i was getting anxious watching that fight why because i was envisioning myself if i was calling that fight john that's one of those things where again that's one of my weaknesses i think as a guy who calls fights is when there's not a whole lot of activity like i like calling action i like breaking that down and if that's not happening i'm almost like mute i don't even know like how to fill gaps and stuff like i was so anxious for you guys calling you guys did a tremendous job by the way because there's little to no pauses when you guys are calling fights it's awesome obviously dc loves to talk and rogan does but right but uh you know you guys did a fantastic job during that fight given the circumstances i i don't know who would have done a better job um so kudos to you guys uh but yeah i think both guys both women were were fighting to not lose right and and i know that cliche is thrown around a, a lot but that that was the case um both had so much respect and you know they had a history together and um, that that was a tough one to watch, a tough one to call. Yeah, and um, both women really couldn't co- couldn't complain about the result after that one. As I said on the broadcast, you know, I certainly had a lot of real estate for my promos. You know, when you're calling a fight like Randy Brown and Chaos Williams, and they're saying, "Hey, work this promo," and I'm like, "Man, right. this ain't the fight," but I'll try. <laughs> Read it extra quickly. But I love Thug Rose Namajunas. I consider her a friend. I've Facetime with her many times. She and Pat Barry, like after these wins and. She has provided our broadcast booth, me, Daniel, and Joe, some of the most memorable moments that we have ever had. You know, so if anyone I think gets a pass for a stinker, of course it's Rose. I just remain absolutely stunned that there was no messaging from the Nama Yunus corner at any time that said, hey, like, there's a great chance we're about to lose our fucking world championship if we don't put the pedal to the metal. And at no point did that happen. You know, and then the notion that with one singular right hand at the end of round four, she took that round after the two takedowns from Carla. I don't know. I mean, Carla had 21 seconds of ground control time, didn't do anything with the takedowns. I mean, I don't fucking know. Um, Here's a tweet from Jessica Andrade. Directed at Carla Esparza. I take advantage that you didn't block me on Twitter. I want to say that your fight yesterday was the worst in strawweight history. Champion of boredom. I can't wait to rip your head off. Congratulations on the boredom belt, but fans of this sport want to see a massacre. This I'll do. (laughs) (laughs) And she will. And she will. And in her rematch with Rose Namajunas, I thought Andrade won that fight. And obviously that's the fight in which Rose Namajunas has absorbed more damage than in any fight in her entire career. Andrade came on super strong there. I mean, the strawweight division is wide open. I think the good news is, is that, Carla Esparza, who has the same manager, Brian Butler, as Rose Namajunas. I think Carla, even though she's getting married next Saturday, can be pushed to turn around here in three or four months, you know. And maybe we do see someone like Andrade, who's off a big win. Certainly, we can wait a few weeks and see what happens with Zhang Weili and Joanna Yeon Jacek in their rematch, you know. Because, again, you know, Joanna's been out two years, but a lot of people thought she beat Zhang Weili, you know. so Right. And, uh... I also think, too, in terms of the legacy, you know, Rose Namajunas did start to talk about her strawweight legacy. And I find it interesting that 
I, I believe Max Holloway is the greatest featherweight in UFC history, yet Alexander Volkanovsky has two head-to-head wins against him. I believe Joanna Jacek is the greatest strawweight in UFC history, but Rose Namajunas has two head-to-head wins against her. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But um, I think the strawweight division will move on. I think it will do so expeditiously. But did you hear DC trolling us, like talking about a trilogy, trilogy between these two? <laughs> like now, actually, DC. <laughs> now, I'm sorry I'm going long here, but now that I have some time removed, part of me, as crazy as this sounds, does want to see what Rose would do with the opportunity because she right. has been so self-critical now after the fact that, you know, I got to think she goes out there and tries to to tear her head off. I mean, over-respect doesn't even begin to describe it. Right. No, no, she would need to. And, and again, uh, it's not like she she doesn't have the skills. Um, I, I think that's always been the knock on Rose is, you know, she's blessed with so much talent uh, and, and even physical ability. I mean, she's tall, lanky for the division. She moves really well. I think she, she kicked it up a, a notch strength-wise, in my opinion, based on what I saw in this fight here against Carla. And I, I, I saw someone who was extremely hesitant and fearful of, of going out and, and performing her amazing martial arts skills. So, yeah, that that's a tough one. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, for me, and it's always been the case, no matter what mistakes or what issues I've had outside of the cage, the only person you can blame when you're fighting is yourself. Okay. Uh, And I think Rose, after watching that fight was able to kind of take herself out of it, you know, take the emotions out of it and look at that with, you know, an educated eye or in a less biased eye and say, geez, what the heck was I doing? Um, And and that's unfortunate. Yeah, they're so rooted, excuse me, in a game plan that they just weren't willing to deviate from it. And I think sometimes just athletically, what if you say, all right, in this first round, you know, I'm not going to be so rooted in the game plan. I'm just going to sort of see what happens if I get taken down and controlled on the ground, then maybe I'll adjust from there. But I don't know. It seemed like they were expectant that if they got taken down, it was going to be, you know danger factor 100 and i just didn't necessarily right. see that fight that way um but we congratulate the new now two-time ufc strawweight champion carla esparza and uh you know she had to wait a year to get the championship opportunity she's a really good person and uh and i'm happy for carla esparza so you know it's interesting in terms of tony ferguson's strength of schedule can flow right because he's fought nothing but killers and yep. even against guys like charles Oliveira and benil Dariush recently he did not get finished so some people are calling for tony to retire certainly ray longo would sit here and champion that cause um i'm not in the business of retiring fighters i guess i would just say there are winnable fights in my humble opinion at 155 pounds for tony ferguson there are big fights as well i saw somebody today suggested a fight between him and patty pimblett which at least in terms of skill level, you know, you don't seem to like that very much. But what do Uh, you think about Tony's future? And do you think with 12 straight wins now followed by four straight losses that uh, that they are going to get rid of Tony? I don't know. The other thing that he has going against him, Tony, is that um, he has been quite critical of the UFC as well, which um, can be tricky. And he's, he's had some really tough fights. There's no question about that. But. I, I did see a different Tony Ferguson this time out. And, and I think that um, I don't know many guys in that lightweight division who could have taken that shot to the jaw. Uh, how many? Yeah. I, I I don't know. Like you and maybe three or four others. <laughs> I don't know many, man. I, I don't know if I would have. been. I mean, that was a brutal shot. And Dude. he 
you never saw it coming and it came out of nowhere. In fact, I literally blinked and saw Tony Ferguson start tipping over like, like, a, like a tree. And I was like, what the hell happened? And he's out cold. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I missed it. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, it came out of nowhere and it's, and it's something that I think Chandler doesn't really throw. Uh, and man, it was a brutal shot. So I think, I think Tony uh, is, is not going to retire. I think that, if you are the UFC, you know what kind of fighter Tony Ferguson is. Uh, and at the end of the day, you can rely on him to fight hard, to move forward, and put on exciting fights. Um, to me, he looked like he was in great shape. He, he hurt Chandler a few times in that fight. Yeah, uh, Could have easily had won that fight. And um, I don't know. A, a guy who has given his body, his mind uh, to the sport like he has, I think deserves more chances um yeah i i certainly don't want to see him hurt anymore right, right? i i hope that he has secured a, a good solid future for him and his family that's the most important thing at this point uh, as he gets near the end of his career um but uh, i i mean if i'm the promotion i'm i'm giving him more chances uh, at this at this stage yeah. uh, i don't want to see him get knocked out again though i don't want to see him get knocked yeah. out cold again that that would probably no be i agree a no for me after that i would like to see him get an opportunity to either go out on a high note or just maybe fight a guy who is more on the level that I perceive him to be at at this stage of his career, even though he just had moments early on against an elite yeah. lightweight. But this is not the Tony Ferguson um, that we saw in his prime that produced an historically great uh, winning streak. The front kick came at 17 seconds of round two. And, you know, sometimes you do miss it, right? Especially like DC missed this on the broadcast. You know, I missed it when uh, Chris Barnett knocked out John Vellante. You go to check your notes for a minute. You can miss a strike like this, especially when it happens early right. in the round. So uh, we congratulate Michael Chandler. I do think a, a, a main event at 170 pounds between him and Conor McGregor just makes a shit ton of sense Oof. at this point in time. And I think that is probably the fight that we're going to see. But you never know. That I mean, would be interesting. I think it, it it has to it has everything to do with Conor McGregor's appetite for that fight and uh, what Conor wants to do. I do believe if Charles Oliveira calls the shots, that it could very well be a title defense against Conor McGregor. It just might have to be closer to the end of the year. Right. We shall see. Wow. All right. Now joining us as we continue our UFC 274 breakdown is the great big gun Brian Petrie. He of the MMA Takes podcast. Of course, he's going to join us for the main event challenges. We make some selections for UFC Fight Night, Wahovich versus Rockic. But we need Yo. to on UFC 274. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? Hey, sorry man. about butchering the clock a little bit today, but You're I was a little good, bit late man. in here out of Miami. All right, so I want to start with you, if I could, Yes. on the co-main event. Yes. Um, I know you were critical of Pat Barry. Obviously, Ken yes. Flo thinks most of the blame should sit with Rose Namajunas, and largely okay. I agree. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like mentally maybe she didn't quite understand what was transpiring, so much so that when she cracked a mic at the post-fight press conference, she was defensive of her performance. Then she yep. watched it back, was super self-critical. Talk to me about what you saw and what you liked or didn't like. I mean, there's not much to like. It's it's <laughs> one, It was so weird. There's no way in a million years I thought that fight was going to happen. You know, I thought Carla was going to have a better time closing the distance. She kind of looked lost in that aspect. And then Rose has all the tools to be aggressive. Like, after that first initial takedown where she dump, got dumped and Rose popped right back up, that should have given Rose all the confidence in the world. Like, oh, okay, even if we create a scramble, I'm good here because I'm stronger and I'm bigger, and and I have the striking. It was just weird that she kind of froze. And my problem about Barry, I love Pat Barry. Listen, I watched the Techno Viking dancing video of Pat Barry in the barbershop 
3,000 times. Um, but I just felt like there was a reason a couple years ago they they kind of got him out of her corner. They said, Pat, we're going to we're gonna sit you out this one. And it didn't go over well. You know, sometimes he gets a little too hyped up. He's passionate. That's his lady in there. I get it. I just felt like he was like, hey, listen, they're booing. That's what we want. That's what we want. And then Whitman was like, hey, maybe go forward a little bit. And I just felt like it was like almost like they were talking to her in baby gloves. Like, you know, and obviously there's there's a fine line between Trevor Whitman and Safe Saud screaming at people, right? I'm not a guy that when I trained, I did not like getting Jarrell Sargent. That's how I responded. But when you're in a title fight, co-main event, you kind of got to get pushed a little bit. And I just – I know Rose knew she had to do a little bit more. Um, and she landed that takedown in that fifth round. I thought that was obviously a clear round for her. But it was it was puzzling, man. I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there stunned. I'm usually pretty positive about fights. I, I, you know, right. I'm I'm one of the few that didn't really knock on Adesanya Romero because I'm a huge Izzy guy. You know, I'm not going to go to Twitter and complain about that. But this was a, this was a tough one to sell. This was this wasn't great. Yeah. Wow. All right, so there are a few other performances at UFC 274 that I would like to highlight if I could. I would like to start with Brandon Royval, who submits Matt Schnell. And Schnell was overly aggressive. I think there were a lot of emotions for him after losing his mother, but all credit to Brandon Royval, who, you know, stamps himself the most exciting flyweight in the world, but also one of the best flyweights in the world. And Brian, we'll start with you on this. I think he's both of those things. You know, I think on any given Saturday night, he can beat any flyweight in the world. And, um, you know, in terms of, the excitement level now from the fan base to see him perform. It's just off the charts. What'd you think of raw dog Brandon Royval over the world? Loved it. I love it. Uh, listen, this guy debuted and, and he beat Kai Car France. I mean, Kai Car France is a fucking stud. Yeah. Um, and that was a wild fight. Brandon Royval is, has all the tools. The only issue I have with him is sometimes, and this might not even be an issue. This might be his great strength is like, he gets a little too excited and then he gets worn down like in the Pantoja fight. But other than that, this was pure chaos with Matt Schnell. He's a solid dude, good boxer, good on the ground. Ravel gets caught in a lot of his fights. And, again, he just seems to live in this chaos, and he loves it. Um, but I'm excited for this kid. He's long for the division. He's built different. That guillotine, he didn't even have his hands locked, and Schnell was in trouble. Like, that thing must be death and tight. Um, but I, I, the future's bright for, for Ravel for sure. He had those two little skids, but uh, – uh, yeah, I'm excited for this kid at 125. 125 is getting kind of exciting right now. You know what I mean? The cut, the division got cut. Now it's getting brought back. Let's go, little guys. Ken Flotana <laughs> White said that a fourth meeting between Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno is likely not going to be next. Not saying that Brandon Royval is going to slide in there. I think he needs at least right. one more win. But what were your thoughts on Royval? Uh, my thoughts were that he looked like uh, Miguel Torres in 2008 uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, when he was killing yeah. people in the WEC. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, again, he's another guy. He's just a berserker. He's like, I'm going to try to finish you any way that I can. It doesn't matter. I'm going to throw down. I might trip and you come on top and you're going to try to ground and pound me. I'll try to take take your home take your arm home with me. I'll try to choke you out. It doesn't matter. He's just scrapping for a finish. Um, there, There's no strategery there's no uh there's no tactics he's just trying to take you out man and and i love it he's going to earn a lot of fans because of it I, I do think he needs to clean some stuff up for sure but man he he's a talent um talk about a guy who uh is, is almost the opposite of rose where um he he is going to fulfill all of his potential in the cage like he's not afraid to throw that punch he's not afraid to go for that submission uh he almost does it to a fault uh, he, he's a little savage, man. I love watching him fight. 
How about Randy Rude Boy Brown over Chaos Williams by split decision? Kenny, it seemed as though when Randy just started believing in his corner and his skills, his skills actually started to take over. It was a close fight, but I had it for Randy Brown, saw it yeah. that way. And this is a big win. I mean, this is a guy who we have seen grown up in the UFC, former Ring of Combat champion. What did you make of that fight moving to pay-per-view and ultimately how it went down? It continues to improve. And, and yeah, I think that first round was was huge. I was like, okay, round two, we're going to see what Randy Brown is made of. Uh, yeah. And he made the right adjustments, got back to believing in himself, got back to establishing that jab, using the long range, uh, and then was really utilizing his footwork to get, a, get out of the way a lot of those huge power shots from Chaos Williams. And then when he would get hurt or get stunned during the round, he would fire right back and hurt Chaos. So, you could see this is a guy who literally was growing up uh, in that fight on Saturday night. It was it was great to see. I, I think the sky's the limit for the guy. He's going to be someone to watch. Uh, definitely going to be a problem. Um, has some things to sort out, but uh, who, who doesn't um, at that mm. stage of their careers? I think he's someone to watch. Uh, that was a big win for him. Chaos yeah. is extremely dangerous, uh, and, and I thought uh, it was a close fight. But, yeah, I had it for Randy as well. Bry, uh, if memory serves, you guys both were on Randy Brown last week. Uh, yes. What'd you make of that fight? I'm surprised you're not bagging on me with this Ray Longo hair here, here <laughs> Johnny. It's going a little crazy. I've been down with a headache. I've been laying like this all day, but we're good. Oh, uh, listen, uh, rude boy. Uh, listen, he looked great. <laughs> slick. He's slick in there. He is. You know, and that's the guy with chaos. Like he, after the, I love his corner. Like him and his corner are so close. Our dude, Deborah. He needed to sit down after round one, and his corner's like, what the f Quit getting lazy in there. Let's go. And then he comes out, and he looks sharp. I mean, Chaos Williams, yeah. again, not the most cleanest guy in the world, but he's got fucking big, big power. And Randy was shoulder rolling and slipping and moving. Great head movement. Laying his big, long shots. Um, I thought his wrestling would – when I capped that fight, I thought his wrestling would be a little better. His entries looked a little sloppy to me. Chaos is a big, strong guy. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he looked great. I had him winning that fight as well. I thought it was close. A lot of my buddies saw Chaos won, but they also had money on Chaos. So they got the green color glasses effect there. Yeah, but uh, but Re Rude Boy looked great. I think this kid's a problem at 170, especially if he gets confidence. A young, dangerous, confident, huge 170 who's kind of good everywhere. Uh, was checking some leg kicks as well because he's got skinny legs. So I was a little worried about that, but he was checking them beautifully. Um, this could problem at 170, man. Yeah, they built him well methodically built him in the UFC and he's accrued obviously a lot of big show experience. I'm excited to see the future for Randy Brown, probably getting a top 15 opponent next. We also congratulate Lupita Godinez who sort of emerged into strawweight contention just by virtue of the domination of Ariane Carnelosi. Tracy Cortez has won 10 straight fights. She has never lost in the UFC. And if you are to believe her coach Santino DeFranco, she has a definite championship mindset. So I'm very excited if not bullish, to see her future in the UFC women's flyweight division. And how about the human ATM? Andre Fialia, right? I mean, this guy's fighting yeah. in Singapore, you know? I'm, my prep's pretty much done, Andre, you know, but he's going to fight on that pay-per-view. Dana White <laughs> said crazy. he will fight yeah. at UFC 275. And sort of shades of Hamza Chimaev here can flow with Andre Fialio, not in terms of the stylist or the fighter necessarily, but that sometimes the UFC finds a guy who wants to stay active and they keep him active. And unlike Hamzat, who's on a championship trajectory night right now, whose coaches are preventing him from fighting every few weeks. I mean, Fialio, this is crazy. This is like a dream sequence for him. Dude, his nickname should be Let Me Bang Bro. Uh, <laughs> does he have a nickname? Can we give him that? Just the Human ATM bro? comes from our joint coach, Rio Santana, at the Institute of Human But is that his fight nickname? No. Okay, all right, yeah. 
So, but yeah. bank, bro. Let's do yeah. it. Dude, yeah, it's crazy, man. He's a tough dude. He's one of those quiet guys that it are actually just rhymes too. Andre, let me bang, bro. Fialio. Although, yeah, you know, exactly. Calling him like Fialio. It's a little long. And Bruce Buffer like is like a little one of my long. Best friends. Well, what was he doing with that surname for Fialio? Fialio? <laughs> uh, was he saying Fialio? What, what is he saying? Go ahead, Ken Flo. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm a little underslept. No, man, it's all good. I uh no, he, dude, he's a beast. Um, hits hard as hell, trains really hard from what we he, what we hear. And uh yeah, I'm 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 excited for the guy, man. All right, before we move on to our picks for UFC fight night, and we will get some thoughts from Ken Flo on the PFL on the back end of the show because he was there live as Kayla Harrison, Rory McDonald, and Anthony Showtime Pettis and others got big wins there in episode three of this current season of the PFL. But, Bri, if you got 60 seconds for me on Michael Chandler and or Tony Ferguson, I would certainly take it. I just have in my notes that I would like to get your two cents on that. Man, I thought Tony looked great. I think you guys covered a lot of it. He looked fast in there. I mean, that left hand that dropped Chandler was quick. He looked fast. He looked to be in better shape than he has. He looked a little more filled out. And when he got taken down, he was active off his bottom with those a lot of elbows. It It was a great first round. And, I had a ticket for Chandler and uh, I was a little nervous at that first round. I was like, Oh, we got El Kukui here, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then that kick again, it wasn't the most per- pitcher perfect kick, but so powerful and put him out. I was stunned. What's crazy though, is I had a gut feeling. I got a lot of shit in the comments for kind of rallying on Tony Ferguson about, you know, maybe he needs to change some things up. So I, I, I kind of trusted my gut, put a big old number on Chandler by KO. Oh, wow. And uh, so I got to drive the Indiana to place my bets. And when I come home, I usually screenshot the thing on DraftKings Sportsbook, and uh, I had to go double check i was like yeah because I, I won 500 bucks i'm like yeah let's go and i go and i check and my dumb ass forgot that i put osb by ko with it as a parlay uh-huh. and i didn't win the money so now i'm bummed and yeah. now i get to see tony ferguson still sleep on the canvas which i did not want to see because i like tony right, ferguson but man yeah chandler god that mike he killed it on the mic again yeah, uh man. him and connor at 170 because the thing with connor is Oliveira obviously should get dibs if connor wants to come back and fight for the title but I don't see Connor. I mean, you, you see him on his yacht. You see him lately. I don't know if he's making 55. Right, right. And there's no sense of putting him and Chan- or him and Oliveira at 70 for the 55-pound title. Oh. I mean, Connor McGregor can do whatever he wants. But uh, Chandler and him headlining at 170, that'd be, yeah. that'd be a fun fight. That'd be great. All right, so we do have one audio file for you today for the pronunciation of, of the week from the great Cody Merrow. And we bring this audio file to your attention just because – this man is fighting in the main event against Jan Bohovic this weekend, and he pronounces his name kind of two different ways on the audio file. So, Cody, I know we don't see your lovely face right now, um, but do you care to uh... – Hey! There he is. What's up, oh, man? This face? I didn't know you wanted to see me. Are you wearing your Chandler 55 Astros jersey? Is that what you're yeah, doing? Right yeah, yeah, I am, actually. All right, I so I, can I tell the story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, so can you – all right, so – yeah, so Cody has a custom-made Michael Chandler Houston Astros jersey. It says 55 on the back, right? Champ, right? So he came to the, the Chandler-Olivera fight in Houston as my guest, and Chandler came very close to making that jersey like something super historic. But, of course, that night he did not break through, but it seems like you're celebrating his win here today. So. Yeah, well, and you left out the best part of the story where when we met up for drinks after, the jersey was not on me. Right, right. <laughs> so right. the jersey made its way back to the hotel after the outcome right. of that fight. Right. But, so yeah. Jan Bohovic is back this weekend, and I just want you to tell the masses the name of the guy he's fighting. 
So he's fighting Alexander Rakic. All right. So you said Alexander like Volkanovsky, right? Alexander like Hernandez. Alexander the fucking great. Let's hear Mr. Rakic pronounce his name. Alexander. Alexander Rakic. Alexander Rakic. It's like the bank, Santander. Alexander. So it's spelled like Alexander, like S-A-N-D-A-R. And when he slows it down, he says it that way. But when he speeds it up, it's more like Alexander. So we go Alexander Rakic on the broadcast. Wasn't a very challenging card. We were going to trot out Vina Janji Doba and Cody. Yeah, you nailed Vina. it, Cody. But we were going to trot out Vina Janji Doba and Cody just replies to my email with like the perfect phonetics. I'm like, all right, we've probably done that one before. So. <laughs> well, and people still get that one wrong. So, yeah. I mean, that one's so easy that you should get it right. But yeah. Well, Cody, we will uh, hear from you in about 15 minutes for the Marrow Seconds. Thank you very much. It is now time for the main event challenge brought to you by the Chicken Pound. No, it's hey! not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So four fights to get to today. And admittedly, I came off an airplane, so I have not done much in terms of preparation for these. But I can tell you that Amanda Hebas is competing at flyweight and not strawweight this weekend against Caitlin Chukagian. Right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, Caitlin Chukagian minus 130. Amanda Hebas plus 110. BP, who do you have? I'm high on Hebas. I've been high on her. I know she dropped a, the Marina Hadigas fight. She got knocked out. But, I mean, I, I think she's got all the skills in the world. And Chikagian, she's a staple of the division. She's been on the top forever. I can't help but think of female tennis players when Chikagian fights with a lot of, yeah, ha, you know, Marcus and it's in the – yeah, it's in the, it's in the apex, so it's gonna it's gonna be loud in there. But I think Hebas has more skills. She's talented on the feet and the ground. She's coming off a of, you know she made her name. I heard a lot about her because training out of ATT. She had, you know a lot of good things to say about her. She dominated Mackenzie Dern, and then she got knocked out by Marina Hadigas. But she's coming off of of a uh, good one over Janji Joba, and she's been KO'd twice in her young career. So I think that's the knock. I think that's why we're getting a plus number here. However, Chikagian has zero finishes in her 10 UFC fights. So I think we're safe. It's a difficult task to place a bet against Chikagian in this division because she likes to squeak out decisions. She's a competitive girl. She only has lo- lost to like the, the elite elite. But I think he boss is going to be elite. I don't love it. That's at 125. I get it. You know, maybe, you know, he boss doesn't want to get the weight. She just wants to fight. Um, but I like he boss here at the plus money. And I like the two, two and a half over as well. I think this is going to go to decision. Give me he boss by decision. Ken Flo, I've really grown to love Caitlin Chukagian as a person. I love that she likes cannabis. Also, the fact that she works exceedingly hard. I also have liked the way she has approached these fights with the non-Valentina Shevchenkos of the world, as if to say, like, none of the rest of you can fucking beat me. And she hasn't rested on her laurels. She drives all over the goddamn joint to get the best training, goes where she finds value, strength and conditioning approach is all in. Obviously, I know her better than I know Hebas, who trains, of course, under Pahumpa, and he thinks he's got a future champion on yep. his hands. Maybe at 115 pounds more likely, but who knows? What are your thoughts on Hebas and Chukagian big fight here in the women's flyweight division? This is an interesting one, and I totally know why Brian is picking Hebas. Um, I have slept on Chukagian a little bit. You know, I think that she's a solid performer, man. She's good everywhere. Um, I, I think she has gained a lot of confidence over the years. She's gained a lot of experience over the years. And while I do think that he, he boss could pull this one off, I think it's a tad early for he boss here against Chikagian. I, I think Chikagian is going to be able to get the, get the win here. I don't think she finishes he boss. You know, I think it will be close, but I think Chikagian knows how to win rounds. 
I think she knows how to establish that jab, keep Hebos on the outside, uh, and not get foolish on the feet where she gets hit with a big shot. Um, I don't see that really happening. Um, and I think she is going to be able to utilize her wrestling or counter wrestling to neutralize Hebos um, if Hebos tries to initiate um, some grappling exchanges. So, um, yeah, again, I think there's certainly value with Hebos as the underdog, but I like uh, I like Caitlin here. All right, dissension there. Ken Flo likes Caitlin Chukagian at Bantamweight now. Bri, you got Davy Grant, three to one favorite. Nice to see him healthy and keeping an active schedule. Mm-hmm. He takes on Lewis Smolka, who is plus two thirty-five. Your thoughts? I feel like I start a lot of my breakdowns with, oh, "Man, I've underestimated this guy," but Davy Grant, I have underestimated. <laughs> yeah. This guy coming off the Ultimate Fighter, I thought he was just kind of average, and I was like, "Oh, the UFC's just giving him a fight to fill, fulfill his contract." No, 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 no. I apologize, Davy. You sir are an absolute savage. You're coming off a razor close decision over Adrian. You're not so I think it's the top of the division. I think the kid's gonna be future 135. He's in the mix. And then before that decision loss, which you've already beat Cheeto, and Cheeto runs the world right now. I mean, Cheeto for president for Christ's sakes. But uh Grant only fights tough guys, he has big power in his left hook. His striking is a little awkward, which I like because it's hard to read. It's not the most beautiful thing in the world. He kind of throws a little wild. Um, kind of reminds me of a little Rich H. Franklin a little bit since I legend. He kind of comes over with his shots. Uh, and Smoke has been pretty up and down career. Came to UFC undefeated, lost his debut, rattles off four wins, then four losses, mm. battles some personal stuff, gets cut, works his ass off outside the UFC, gets brought back, takes Sumajari's arm with him on his debut back, and then ever since then it's been win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. But the mental of this guy has got to be pretty bulletproof to go through a lot, get your way back to the show, and keep fighting. The only problem I have here is he's coming off a loss over Vince Morales, so I don't really see as a big power puncher. And I do see David Grant as a power puncher. Yeah. So no more fading this guy. I'm on the Davy train, baby. Let's go David Grant by KO here. Beautifully done with that breakdown, Brian Petrie. And Davey Grant, Ken Flo, getting the respect from the odds makers and seemingly the betting public as well. Three to one favorite here this weekend. Your thoughts on that one? Davey Grant came to a, went to a seminar of mine in the UK many, hey, many years wow. ago. Hey. Uh, but uh, no, it's great to see him do well, man. He's tough as nails. Um, I think he's just a more consistent performer. Um, and, and I think this is what Brian was kind of alluding to here. We called Louis, Louis uh, Smolka's first fight in the UFC. And and a few after that, he always showed a ton of promise, a ton of potential, um, but would get hit a ton. And I think he's had a lot of wars at this point. Um, and I think Davey Grant is, is going to find that chin. Um, and if he doesn't hurt him on the feet, I think Davey Grant really doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes if he gets that top position, which I think he will um, ultimately get against Smolka, too, if they get in some grappling exchanges. So I like Davey here. All right, co-main event, Iwan Kutelaba, modest 200. Ryan Spann is plus 170 here in the UFC light heavyweight division. Brian Petrie, we will go to you on the co-main event. You know, they always say quarterbacks are supposed to have short memories, right? Throw an interception, forget it. Right. I do not have that because I am still obsessed over why Ryan Spann shot on a hurt Johnny Walker. <laughs> Dude, I, don't I know. know. What are you doing, oh. man? Spann's huge for 205. Has big power. Cardio seems He's to be a, a bit huge. Cardio seems to be, be this IQ. Obviously, I think you got to put it in question because of the Walker fight, even the Sam Alvey fight as well. He made that way harder than it should have been. And then Kutalaba, I mean, this is good, batshit crazy wild man. And I mean that with high praise. Yeah. This dude can make playing checkers fucking intense. Like yep. this guy <laughs> is nuts. And listen, John, you got to appreciate he shaved the dome. He's looking even meaner than ever. Body transformation a little bit, a little bit leaned out, kind of bricked up. And Kutalaba, his last fight, he fought smart. He showed good cardio over Devin Clark and he destroyed his teeth. And I went and looked at that picture. 
as prep for this fight, I advise everyone out there, oh, don't look at that man. picture. It is brutal. <laughs> Nightmares tonight. But I just like Kutalaba. I like his skill. I think he can wrestle. I think he has power. His biggest issue was obviously cardio, and it looked like he fixed that because Devin Clark's not an easy guy to fight. Devin Clark's awkward. Um, and then another thing is I think he gets too ramped up. He gets too amped up, and he sometimes needs to settle down a little bit when he gets in there. But if he fixes that, I think it's going to be a tough night for Span here. I think he needs to grapple Span early because don't go throwing bombs in that first round because Span does have a lot of knockouts early. Grapple a little bit. Use your well-roundedness here. Calm down a little bit. Be a crazy wild man in that in that, that second and third round. I like yeah. Kutalaba by TKO late, maybe second, early third. Um, and this is all depending on if his, his cardio is what it was in the Devin Clark. All right, Petrie's on Kute Lava. Ken, flow your thoughts on the co-main event. Can Kute Lava fight with that green paint? Is that possible? <laughs> I'd be nice. That, huh? Would the commission not allow that? That'd be pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I like Kute Lava here as well, man. I, I think the dude is extremely powerful. I don't see Span. Uh, you know, I think where Kutalaba is is vulnerable is if Span is able to get on top. And, you know, maybe he can work his jiu-jitsu there on top. Uh, but I, I think Kutalaba is going to be able to utilize his wrestling to keep this one on the feed and ultimately score some kind of TKO or knockout. So I'm with Brian on this one as well. Uh, Kutalaba. All right, and Kempla, we will lead with you on the main event, which was to go down March 26th in Columbus, Ohio. Alexander Rakic and Jan Bohovic, but Bohovic, the former UFC light heavyweight champion, was forced to pull out. It is Rakic minus 155, Bohovic plus 135. How do you see it playing out, Ken Flo? Do you think that Blahovich has enough here against Rockich, who has really been on a tear to get back on a trajectory to his belt? Which Bohovich is going to show up here? That that's, well, that's the question. Really, the question. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like there, there's a couple of them out there, and I feel <laughs> like if Bohovich gets back to his roots and you know initiates these takedowns and sets them up properly and is engaged in the fight the whole time. I think Bohovic wins this fight. I think he takes down Rockich uh, and he submits him or, or ground and pounds him. Um, Rockich, though, uh, is a problem on the feet. And I think with Bohovic seemingly losing some confidence, perhaps in the last last couple fights, I don't I don't know. I think if he's hesitant out there, Rockich is gonna go out there and starch him. Um, and I think for me, the critical thing is like the first five minutes, first seven minutes of this fight. If Bohovic is able to kind of get past that, I think he's got a good shot uh, at getting this win. Um, but Bohovic kind of needs to get comfortable early. Uh, if he doesn't, I, I fear for him. I think Rockich is, is riding high right now on confidence. I, I think he's going to be the faster dude on the feet. I think he's more dangerous on the feet. Yep. Not that Bohovic can't knock him out. But um, not the guy who's hesitant, not the guy who won't let his hands go. So, gosh, this is a tough one for me. Um, I, I think there's value, though, with Jan. Um, you know, being the underdog here, uh, I'll, I'll take Bohovic. All right. Ken Flo's on the Bohovic side. Brian Petrie, Rockich, the longer fighter, seemingly the faster fighter, the bigger man, I think, in many respects, if not the yeah. thicker guy. What are your thoughts on Rockich here? Minus 155. Been chewing on this fight for a while because it was going to be in Columbus, which I was going to be at. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling a little sentimental today. I've been going kind of deep on these, you know, about the peep history because deep, my guy DC got in the Hall of Fame and then Michael Chandler's son in the cage. I mean, I'm a yeah. softy when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but Jan started his career two and four. 
You know what I mean? And I mean, if someone would offer me a bet, hey, Jan Bulhovers be world champion, I would have taken it and he would have shoved it up my ass because he did it. And I think a lot of young fighters can look at a guy like Jan Bulhovers and say, listen, we're two and four, but we're going to battle back. We're going to get better. And that's exactly what he did. But he's 39. He's coming off a loss where, man, you know, Glover Teixeira is very good, but it was a weird performance by Jan. You know, he got stung early on the feet, which Jan's usually very chin holds up. And then he seemed a little tired. The wrestling, the grappling wasn't there. I mean, I know Glover Teixeira is all man and probably is, is stronger than Glover or Jan's ever fought before. But it, it was surprising to me. And I think you guys hit it on the head. What Jan are we going to get? Rakic, you know, Rakic is Mr. Twitter fingers. You know, he's calling out commentators. He's yeah. calling on everyone on Twitter, right? And I kind of love that. You know, young, confident, dangerous fighter. And this guy's legs the size of my fucking house. I mean, this guy's yeah. legs are huge. Great high kicks. His hands are a little work in progress. But his last two fights, he's been using the grappling. All my kickboxes are great. I'm a fucking huge guy at 205. I'm going to take you down. You know what I mean? He, um, and then uh, he, he likes the control position as opposed to submissions. While Jan Blachowicz has submission wins in the UFC, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Don't know how great he is off his back. I think, unfortunately, not unfortunately, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. I, I would love to see it standing up and, 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 and striking because Jan's got that awkward timing and Rocket's former kickboxer. But I do think it's going to be a grappling fight. I think both guys are going to battle for the top position because neither guy are probably comfortable off their back. And I see that happening. I see Rocket being a little bit bigger and more confident than Jan and getting top position on Jan. It's not going to be easy. Again, this is a good live betting spot. I think it's going to go to the decision. I like Rockets by decision. I'll go opposite my man Ken Flo here, even though I hate disagreeing with the fucking OG, but I got to do it. Let's go. All right, Petrie going with Rockets, and I guess on the live betting front, you have to cross the state line to Indiana if you want I, I I recommend live betting. I unfortunately cannot do it. I don't do all sorts book anymore. They're yeah. fucking junk. Sorry if you're right. in response. Well, hey, but, I got uh, a good bookie if you uh, – I got a great bookie. I've man, been getting – you know what's so funny? Ever since I've been getting – That's kneecap if you don't pay <laughs> Ever since I've been on the show, I've been getting DM like, hey, man, if you want a Venmo bookie, we got you. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm thinking about it. I'm fucking scared the shit out of me. It is really dangerous, <laughs> yeah. though. Because yeah. today I tried to save the Boston Bruins season by, like, max betting the Carolina sure. Hurricanes. Now my wife all of a sudden tomorrow is going to be like, why are there's like four figures coming out of our checking account? To <laughs> yeah. Well, honey, because the Bruins are two two instead of down three one. That's why. right. Uh, all right. right, at MMA takes podcast, Brian yes. Petrie. One more. Hey, appreciate your patience, my man, and uh, it's just great having you part of the show on a weekly basis, brother. Have a good I, week. Drive well. Yes. Absolutely love being part of the show. You guys are the best. And John, by the way, you did killed it last night. I know there were some spots that were a little tricky. You know, you know, we talked about it, but you guys killed it. Awesome. Kenny Thank killed you, on the PFL as well, my man. I watched Thanks, Wednesday, uh, Friday night. All right. See you, boys. Appreciate it. Big you, there he is. Petri dishing every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast for the main event challenge. All right. I have a few notes. I had no notes for the main event challenge, but I have some notes on the PFL. Okay. So Kayla Harrison gets extended, but wins, right? Rory McDonald yep. was dominant. Great win for Anthony Showtime Pettis. Yes. And then it appears as though Glayson Tebow, who got a gift last year against Rory McDonald was on the right. wrong side of a robbery. Would you call it a robbery or no? I wouldn't call it a robbery, but I thought based on what I saw, I, I thought that Tebow should have okay. won. Um, I, I definitely not on the level of, of when he fought Rory. Uh, if I'm being honest, uh, that, that might've been one of the worst decisions of 2021, but um, this one, I thought Tebow should have, should have got the win, man. He fought hard. It's amazing what he has done in the course of his career, man. Been fighting forever. Was in yeah. tremendous shape. Just a beast. 
Um, but what about uh, yeah, so unfortunate there. What about Rory? Rory looked so, like this yeah. is not intelligently defending. Like this right. is like I want to go home. Like right. Like did we need to see him get choked as well. Yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> I thought the fight should have been stopped, but yeah. obviously happy to see Rory excel. What were your thoughts on Rory Mack? Rory looked phenomenal, man. You know, uh, has been switching things up, gone down to Austin, Texas, training with, you know, one of the best jiu-jitsu uh, martial arts minds in the world in John Danaher. Looked phenomenal on the ground. Hit a beautiful single leg. Took him down. Just dominant. And and Brett Cooper is a guy who's been around the block, man. He's not an yeah. easy guy to take out. And Rory made him look, you know, like it was uh, early in his career. So uh, Rory looked phenomenal. And Anthony Pettis, dude, just absolutely dude. killed him. Looked like vintage Anthony Pettis. I was like... He was just on his game. He was really pissed off at what happened last year, and you could see it. He was he was fired up. He's like, "Listen, man, I was humbled last year. Yeah. Uh, I did not do what I was should you know should have done in training." And uh, yeah, you know, you could say nice it six meant something to him. Win there for Showtime Pettis, and then one of my favorite human beings in the world, Kayla Harrison. What do you have for me on that fight? I didn't see it. You know, she she wasn't happy with her performance. It wasn't uh, you know the dominant Kayla that we're used to seeing. But it, it was a dominant win. You know, it was a, about as dominant of a decision win as you can get, you know, for yeah. the most part. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Marina's a, a really tough uh, uh a, a seven-time Sambo world champion. Um, it, she's a tough out, man. And she did her homework, and she was doing her best out there. Uh, and, you know, I think Kayla had some trouble there. And, you know, the thing is, every once in a while, uh, you're going to have an off night. And if you have an off night and can still get the win, then thank your lucky stars. So uh, still, you know, Kayla undefeated. Still, again, people forget she she doesn't have many fights. She's still figuring this out, uh, but still looking, uh, looking, looking good. All right. Congratulations to Kayla Harrison, who, of course, we hope to get back on the Anakin Florian podcast at one point in time. All right. All hail Charles Oliveira. But I'm sure we missed something today. So we call on our executive producer, Cody Merrow. What's up, man? Hey, beep, 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 the Bitcoin weather update here. Uh, so what just, dude, what's up with Bitcoin? I like K today. Thirty four K. Good time to buy. Yeah, I'm. Go- yeah, it is a good time to buy. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little busy working at McDonald's over the next couple of months. Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, no, the it's- stock market. Forget Bitcoin. The stock everything's going trouble. down, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. listen. I think it's a again long term hold. I repeat, long term long term hold. I mean, I'm not selling. No. Well, it's like Tesla, right? I mean, a guy buys Twitter, and then all of a sudden Tesla goes down. It's like, what does right. social media have to do with my <laughs> auto-driving car? Like, nothing. People just hate Elon. But the reason I bring it up, UFC 274 yeah. crypto bonuses. Uh, Oliveta got 10 grand. Chandler got 20 grand. And right. Rose got the fan vote number one crypto bonus for 30 grand. So walking away 30 grand, almost a full <laughs> Bitcoin. Well, yeah, almost a yeah, full Bitcoin a richer. Full. Hell maybe yeah. in a couple of days, maybe by the time she gets it, it'll be a full Bitcoin. Hope not. Not going with. Hold right. on to those. Okay. Uh, so a couple more news and notes just from 274. Carlos Sparrow's the longest time between title reigns, 2,612 days. That's nuts, man. I mean, wow. that's really cool, you know, and to do it at 115 pounds, like I said on the broadcast, not taking a shot, but she had been to like five split or majority decisions in the UFC. And Recently, if any one of those goes the other way, she doesn't even get the chance to fight for the title again, in some part, given her style, you know. So I'm just happy for Carla that she was able to uh, to perform well enough to win on that fight kind of felt like it was about two thousand six hundred and twelve days. So well, somebody said to me, they're like, hey, John, one more sleep was not accurate. You know, 
like they said, all the one more sleep stuff because there, there was actually there wasn't additional sleep. It was the it was the co-main event. Yeah, so that fight made me go into a little bit of a statistics deep dive. I just thought it was interesting. So Rose versus Carla, she had 37 total strikes, right? In the fights, the championship fights that she fought prior that weren't absolute, you know, washes in the first. Right. Rose versus Zhang, two, 20 strikes in the first round. Rose versus wow. Andrade, 30 strikes in the first round. Rose versus Joanna, two, 21 strikes in the first round. Yeah. So yeah. just absolutely, uh, you know, almost one of those performances that you just write off. You know, maybe yeah. in the long run of Rose's career, we're going to say that, but definitely not on the Sunday morning after. Yeah. What yeah. do you, Kenny, you look like you want to say something about that. No, no, it's crazy. No, he doesn't. He does not yeah. want to say anything <laughs> yeah. more about it. Uh, so I, I did want to point out that Ray was throwing it back to Denmark 1837 for the Emperor's New Clothes reference. So How about that? Will Berger is literally cutting that up right now. I mean, yeah, that was the perfect <laughs> analogy by Raymond. Hey, Garden, Garden City, don't sleep on the history. Uh, Volk vs. Holloway 3, the co-main event at International Fight Week, so going to be exciting stuff there. I was talking I like to a that. friend in the industry. Is Hawaiian kickboxer the number one walkout you know, of all time? I think it's in the conversation. Yeah, it's in the conversation for Definitely. sure. I'm a Curtis Blades Mortal Kombat guy. No, there are a lot of great walkouts. That's good stuff, yeah. Um, and last but not least, so I wanted to just – I hope this isn't the end for Tony, but <laughs> just a couple of words for Mr. Ferguson. Yes, Whoever's unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever's righteous, let him be righteous still. <laughs> Whoever's filthy, let him be filthy still. Listen to the words long written down when the man comes around. Yes. Hear the pipers, <laughs> hear the trumpets. Just beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, man. All right, couple notes on the way out. And again, if there was something at UFC 274 that we failed to hit on, hit us up at Anik Florian Pod. Maybe we'll get you an Instagram live later in the week. Certainly wanted to give Lupe Godinez some more shine. And congrats to CJ Vergata and everybody else, the human ATM, of course, Andre Fialio. Couple of programming notes. We are happy to announce at this time that the Anik Florian Podcast has agreed to a deal with UFC Fight Pass. So at some point in the next month or so, we will have details on that, but ultimately this content will not change in terms of the way you are ingesting it. It will all still be free. It will be on YouTube. It will be wherever you ingest your podcast. Right. The only difference is that about 25 times a year, we will be providing extra content as well for UFC P Fight Pass, and there will be, will be some exclusive Anakin Florian podcast content on UFC Fight Pass, but most of our shows will be over there now as well, which is a very exciting thing. Also... My body is killing me for it, but I'm heading to Danbury, Connecticut on Wednesday to interview the UFC light heavyweight champion Glover Teixeira. So I just wanted to sort nice. of share my enthusiasm about that. Anticflooringpodcast.com for your merchandise promo code AF15. Does that sound right for 15% off? One more sleep merch at millions.co. Just a couple more days on the limited edition Phoenix stuff. And then the Singapore merch will be out shortly. Fan Florian Martial Fam Arts. Fam 15. Fam yeah. 15. Fam15, AnnaFlorianPodcast.com. Thank you for that. That gets you 15% off. KennyFlorianMartialArts.com. Do we have a – we got a promo code there. A AF15 for that That's one. That's the AF15. AF15. That's and tough. I just – go to KennyFlorianMartialArts.com. Do yourself a favor. And um, thank you all for all the support of the broadcast and uh, supporting this podcast. You know, as I say all the time, nothing warms my hat more than when I'm on the road and a fan comes up to me and says, hey, man, I listen to the Anakin Florian Podcast every week. So um, coming up – on our eight-year anniversary, still going strong. Thank you all for tuning in today. For our executive producer, Cody Merrill, for Ray Longo, Brian Petrie, Kenny Florian, our intern, Will Berger, and the rest, I'm John Anik. Much love to everybody out there. Stay healthy. Don't text and drive. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Yo, later.
I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Becklass AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.